Welcome to Camp Pearls. It's a good day to have a great day podcast. Be sure to join us for weekly episodes. Now, here's Brother Don. Hello, everyone. Don Barrett coming to you from beautiful Camp Pearls. It's a beautiful day today. In fact, it's a good day to have a great day. And it's my prayer that your day is going great. At Camp Pearl, each summer, we seek to ask our students who come as campers this really important question. What are you trusting in to get to heaven? That's a fair question and a very needed one in today's world. What are you trusting in to get to heaven? Another way of saying that is, are you saved? Now, if you were to answer that question biblically, you would have to say, well, it depends upon which tense of salvation that you're speaking of. For instance, the Bible says that I have been saved in the past from the penalty of sin. And it also says I am being saved in the present from the power of sin. And then finally, it does say, I will be saved in the future from the presence of sin. So really, it depends upon which tense, past, present, or future, that you're asking, am I saved? We talked about last time about being saved from the penalty of sin in the past. I've been saved from the penalty of my sin. I guess my question would be, why do I need to be saved, and what is that penalty? Well, the Bible says, therefore, just as through one man, sin entered the world, and death through sin, and thus death spread to all men, because all sinned. There's two words there that you should note. Number one is sin, and number two is death. That is what happens when you sin. You see, really, I sin because I was born a sinner. I'm not a sinner because I sin. There's a difference between that. And that sin has caused my death. And in the Bible, death means separation. The context is going to determine which kind of separation, but in this context, that death that causes separation is, I am separated from God, and my sin has separated me from God, and I am in a completely hopeless condition. Well, God, being a just and holy father, acknowledged that sin deserves death. That's what he promised to Adam and Eve in the very beginning. He says, the day in which you eat of that forbidden fruit, dying, you shall surely die. And because God is just, and because Adam and Eve sinned, he states that there's a penalty for that sin, and that sin penalty is death. Somebody has to pay the consequences for sin. And we know who that somebody is. That somebody, his name is Jesus. He died once for all and for all time. 
There's never another one just like him. You see, the Bible describes him as the only begotten son of God. That's a big word, monogenes, which simply means one of a kind, the most unique person who has ever been born on planet Earth because he was born sinless, not like the rest of us. He bypassed that because Joseph was not his earthly father, but rather his adopted father. And because he was perfect, namely he never sinned, he could be the one that would take our sin and pay the penalty for that which we sinned. So we find that Jesus, being perfectly sinless, took our sin upon him when he died on the cross. So God is both just Sin was punished. He took his punishment on his son, Jesus. And at the same time, he is loving because he passed by us. And Jesus took that punishment, not me. Therefore, when I trust Jesus, I am no longer separated, that is dead, from God. But now I am alive. I am together with him. You see, the Bible says that God has declared me righteous. That's what he does. It is as if the gavel from the judge's bench comes down on that bench and says, he's no longer guilty. I declare him righteous. Well, it's not in my own righteousness, but rather in the very righteous that Jesus had is now mine. That is is my position. And that is why I can say I have been saved from the penalty of my sin in the past. And I'm thankful for my present condition. My condition is eternally secure in Jesus. For in those three tenses of salvation, the past tense, the present tense, and the future tense, two of those are absolutely certain. One, justification salvation, when I've been delivered from the penalty of my sin, that's secure. And the third one in the future tense, we'll talk about that at another time. I will be saved from the presence of my sin. That too is absolutely guaranteed. And one day will take place. But the uncertain one is the present tense. Am I being saved from the power of sin. Reality is, because of who I am in Christ, the potential for me to be saved from the power of sin is there. In fact, when it comes right down to it, I can truthfully say, I don't have to sin. But reality says that we really all do. In the past, while I was dead to sin, sin is not dead to me. It's very much alive. It's active, and it really wants to control and actually reign in my life. This present tense salvation, being saved from the power of sin, involves me doing something, whereas in the past, when I was saved from the penalty of my sin, I did nothing but believe. I believe that Jesus' righteousness could be mine. In fact, it's the only way that I could ever be made right with God is by taking his righteousness 
upon me when I believed on him for the forgiveness of my sin, to remove my sin that caused my death, that ended in separation. So I didn't do anything but believe. But now in the present tense, I've got to do something. This present tense salvation involves me doing something, not to get to heaven, that's established in the past, in justification, but to live victoriously over the power of sin and the present tense. Now, in Romans 5, 12, we already saw that as by one man, sin entered into the world and death by sin, and so death passed upon all men, for all have sinned. And the very next chapter in Romans 6, we find another, therefore, in verse 12 of Romans 6, it says, therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body. Well, that's my responsibility. That's something that I must do. The idea of sin reigning, that has the concept of taking an established role as king. Don't let sin be king in your mortal bodies. And the only person who can do that is me. By the power of God's Spirit, who now lives in me when I was saved in the past from the penalty of my sin. He gave me his Holy Spirit, really as a down payment, guaranteeing that there's something more to come in the future. But because he is resident within my body, I have the potential not to sin. In fact, there's a command for me. Don't let sin reign or take the kingly position in my mortal body that I'm to live victoriously over the power of sin. So how do I live in the present tense to have victory over the power of sin? Is it really possible? Well, he told me not to, and God's never given me a command that he did not enable me by the power of his spirit to fulfill it. That verse goes on to say that you should obey it in its lusts. So the reality is, if I, as a justified, that is, one who has been declared righteous now, the righteousness of Christ, in the past tense, because I, in my present position, a believer, a child of God, he says, don't let sin take up its residence, sit on the kingly throne of your life, because if you do you're going to end up obeying its lusts. I don't want to do that. And I know that if you have trusted Jesus as your Savior, you don't want to either. So what then do I do? How could I live in the present tense to have victory over the power of sin? Let me just give you three quick things in closing. Number one, realize that you don't have to do that. Now, I don't know if you've ever thought about that before, and probably whenever you sin, that thought doesn't cross your mind. Because at the moment of temptation, when it wants to rear its ugly head and draw you away from walk, walking with God, you probably don't have that thought of, hey, I don't have to do this. But you should. You should realize that I don't have to sin. Greater is he that is in me 
than he that is in the world. I have the potential not to do that. So first of all, realize I don't have to do that. Then secondly, replace. That's right. Replace that thought because sin always begins with a thought. It may be a very fleeting thought, but my action comes as a result of my thought. But replace that thought with the truth. And that truth is, I don't have to do that. Let me replace that, tr- that thought with the truth of what God would have me do. For instance, let's say that you are really tempted to steal. Maybe that was something that characterized your life before you came to Christ. And just because you are in Christ now and been delivered from the penalty of your sin, sin has not been separated from you, and you might still have a temptation and a thought to take something that doesn't belong to you. Isn't it interesting that the Bible says that we should replace that thought with doing something that's right and true? The Bible says in the book of Ephesians chapter 4, let him who steals steal no more, but let him work with his hands so that he may have something to give to others. So what a great idea. Replace that thought of taking something that doesn't belong to you with doing something and giving something that belongs to you, giving it away, giving it to someone else who has need. And when you practice that, you will notice some changes taking place in your life. So what should I do? Number one, realize I don't have to do that. Number two, replace that thought with the truth. And then number three, remember. Remember that consistently. That means to practice that. So if you have difficulty with stealing Maybe you should just start giving stuff away. Give your stuff to those who have need, and you will notice a change in your life that you will begin to have victory over the power of sin in your life. So there it is, three quick things. Realize, I don't have to do that. Replace that thought with the truth. And remember, practice that consistently. Well, I pray today that you're living in power over sin presently. For if you are, you really are having a great day. Hey, let me pray with you that that might just take place right now. Father, I bow in your presence, thanking you for the reality of the truthfulness of your word. I thank you that you don't lie to us. You don't dangle the proverbial carrot before us, and when we reach out for it, it really isn't there. But living over the power of sin is within our grasp. If we've trusted Jesus as our Savior, having been delivered from the penalty of my sin in the past, I now presently have the potential to have the power of victory over sin in my life. So I pray today that every person who's hearing my voice may be walking in victory over the power of their sin, that they may realize, I don't have to do that, that they may replace that evil thought with a true thought, 
and that they may remember to do that consistently. And then may they enjoy the victory that you provide as we walk with you day by day. That's my prayer today. In the name of Jesus, amen. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. We would love for you to share this with a friend. And don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. To learn more about Camp Pearl Ministries or to help support this podcast and other gospel outreach, visit us online at camppearl.com. We pray you have a great day today, right now, in the life only Jesus can give.